Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I am your host, Marianne Petrie. I have a brand new guest on. His name is Ernest Rodriguez. He has been in a long, ongoing domestic abuse relationship, physically and emotionally, from his ex, which is the mother of his daughter. In the first month of them dating, she did punch him in the face because she would not leave his home. He does not claim to ever be a victim in this relationship. He has been physically attacked and emotionally abused for as long as he has had this relationship with this individual. But the police or judges do not care to address the true issues. Also, he has a daughter with this person. Now, the mother has moved to Dallas, but then she moved back to Louisville, Kentucky, and however, she was not able to keep a job nor a home. Now, Ernest has said it was okay to live with him because he wanted his daughter to be safe, to live with him, so he had to endure more abuse. On October 1st, 2018, her family conspired to come get his daughter from Dallas, Texas, and abscond to Louisville, Kentucky, where they are all originally from. Once they successfully got back to Louisville, Kentucky, the the mother files an emergency protection order, which there are records she has since filed another emergency protective order against her current boyfriend. Now, Judge Denise Brown accepts jurisdiction in her court. And this is an issue due to subject matter jurisdiction. His nightmare continues. They tried to show evidence to the court of the video of Ernest being attacked by the mother. However, Judge Denise Brown does not review evidence, not just in Ernest's case, but in other parents' cases. She said she just didn't want to see the video. So Ernest has an emergency protective order against him in which the mother leverages that. She even shows up to their home there in Louisville, Kentucky, unannounced to cause chaos. This judge, Judge Denise Brown, does not care about injustice or making a change in the broken system. Judge Denise Brown is just there not only to pick up a check, but to teach others how to put lipstick on, on Instagram. I welcome you to the show, Ernest. I'm very sorry you're going through this, along with so many other parents whose lives Judge Denise Brown has completely obliterated. And I'm going to let you talk and tell me how you're doing. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm mentally strong. I've always been mentally strong, but this has just been just a whole different level of, of strength because you have to be in the courtroom. You have to be emotionless to a very emotional, um, situation. So you have to be kind of numb to the situation of what, what is going on. Um, you know, to, to, to continue to where you left off, you know, I have moved to Louisville. Um, you know, like you said, the mother just shows up to my house. 
screams and cusses. One of my my sons, uh, I don't call him my stepson because he's just my son, um, you know, was outside and heard the mother screaming and yelling. Well, she, you know, she's got an EPO. She should. I mean, she's an alleged victim. So, you know, a victim would not show up to, you know, to cause more chaos and problems. Um, you know, I've 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 had. I've had pictures, I've had video of the mother's home, and it's your mouth would drop if you saw the living conditions that my daughter has mm -hmm. had to consider normal. Um, and it's just, it's, it's just been, it's, I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just a broken system because I've tried to, to show the courts, Denise Brown, hey, look, here's, Here's pictures of the mother's home. This is not just a one incident. Here's another date of pictures, the same, same home, just stuff in different places. So this is just, this is how the person lives and with dog crap on the floor. And, yes. and just, it's just, it's, it's horrible. And the judge did not want to look at it. Um, and, now, uh, you know, I've hired a new attorney who supposedly, uh, well, who, who's, who's good. She's, she's good. Um, and she's going to bring all that evidence. Uh, her, her landlord, the mother's landlord reached out to me. She was like, do you know this person? I'm like, I, I do. She was like, oh my gosh, this is the worst person. She, and, you know, after we dug a little deeper, this mother has been evicted three times in the last year and a half. And that's why this this new landlord reached out to me because she was evicting the mother out of her home. In essence, evicting my daughter out of her out of her home and forcefully the constable, you know, she's already been through the judge, through the systems. And they're like, OK, constable says, well, hey, you got to let's get all your stuff out. So they forcefully moved her, kicked her out of her last home, which was back uh, three months ago. And. Um, I, I, we all presented it to the court. Judge Denise Brown did not want to look at it. She was more concerned with that. I took my daughter on a summer vacation. That's what she was concerned with because her orders were don't take her outside of the state of Kentucky. Well, I, what I did was when I knew that that week that mother was being evicted out of that home, I took my daughter on that bag on a vacation that week. So instead mm -hmm. of my daughter being evicted out of her home forcefully, she went on a vacation. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I was protecting my daughter, but the judge does not, does not care, does not want to know about that. She just, here's my orders, no matter what. It's not in the best interest of the child. It's just in the best interest of how I feel is, is how the judge is. Um, and then, so now, so now that that happened, that happened like two months ago, the judge is like, well, if you want me to hear your case, um, you, this last attorney that fought so hard, you have to pay them $15,000 in three months. And if you, if I don't hear this case then you'll, we're going to pass it off till whenever. And you have five days uh, in jail. If I don't pay the $15,000 plus, you know, plus the child support. And so, and that's where I'm at. And the child support again is at an astronomical figure. Yes, it, it's a thousand dollars a month. Which I mean, it's not astronomical, but 
I mean, the mother has used that to just solely live off it. You know, she's been evicted and evicted, but I mean, she didn't have a job. She doesn't have a job. I, I just have to throw my hands up and be like, what do I do? This is particularly frustrating to so many people, especially when it comes down to the Title IV-D incentives. All of this revolves around money. And as you well know, these judges keep these cases going so they can keep the money flowing. Yep. Yep. Totally. And the thing is, you know, you had sent me those videos and I saw them and there's no way would I would ever want any of my children in that living condition. I, the property manager, I've talked to the property manager and they were like, I don't see, I would never want my daughter or our child to ever live in a home like that. But, I mean, I know you mentioned dog feces, but I also saw dog diarrhea on the floor. Yeah. And yeah. not only would the child be, neglected so would the dog what did they do with the dog they still have them there, there was um today the mother now that she's been evicted three times in the last year and a half she can't get a home uh so she lives in her parents basement with three dogs a cat a newborn baby and my daughter that's and i i mean i just bought a we just bought a brand new home here in saint matthews so I mean, she, my daughter has her own room and judges. Right. And this is not a gender issue in Judge Denise Brown's courtroom because she's thrashing mothers and she's thrashing. And these are good fit parents. When I'm talking about thrashing good fit mothers, good fit fathers, there's no rhyme or reason to her rulings. No, she's... Uh... Well, you know, I feel like when I'm in there, she's just thinking about what's for lunch. Because I mean, I've seen her look over. I look over because I'm looking at her. I'm looking at everybody, and you know, I like to. Uh, I, I look at everybody to make sure, look at body language and behavior and, and facial expressions. And she's out to lunch. So I mean, she's she's not paying attention to anything. She doesn't care about the evidence. She's 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 like just let's flip a coin, heads or tails, and see what I see what I feel like. Her reasoning has has no basis for any. It's not an educated decision. And this is very scary when this involves children. It's scary. It's yeah. I mean, had I told you, I mean, the first time I reached out to you, I'm, I'm you know, my my fam, my parents. I grew up in a very 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 blessed home with with a mom and a dad always there and still to this day are married. So I, I grew up in a very, very stable home. Had I not done that, had I been somebody else, I mean, no telling what the outcome would be. Uh, maybe I take the law into my own hands because all the, I've been in this court for five, six years and, and you know, no, no outcome, you know, they don't care to this, they don't, this judge, Denise Brown does not care to look at any kind of evidence. So it's just, well, I mean, what do you do when, when, you know, when the judge, when that's your last call is this judge. And it seems when you file a judicial complaint, they cover each other. You get an ambi-pambi letter back. 
where it's just not unethical enough. Nothing's ever unethical enough. It's very, very frustrating when I file these complaints on these judges. And it seems like if you're in the right, if you are the good fit parent, that evidence they're not going to listen to. Yep. They don't, they don't want to see it. And here you have a home and your, your daughter has her own room and that it's, it's, there should be no, you know, uh, issue I, there, the judge, I mean, if I was a judge, I would rule for you to have full custody with mother with supervised visits once a week. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so even the attorneys, like the attorney I had before and the attorney, they, they're, they're up in arms. They're like, what do we do? We don't even know how to handle this situation. What do we do? Cause this judge doesn't, doesn't want to do that. I mean, it's not just me. It's all the, the attorneys don't want to even go into this person's courtroom. Cause you know, she's. Now has she screamed at people? Yes. Well? Yes. <clears throat> Is she screaming at attorneys as well? She won't, I don't know about screaming at the top of her lungs, but she'll definitely be like, you know, she'll, she has an ego in this courtroom, which, I mean, you're a judge, be professional. You don't need an ego, make, make, make sound, educated decisions, but she lets ego and emotion get involved with this. And I'm the one, and, and I'm the one who's not the judge. She should be saying that. Mm hmm I'm very sorry you're going through this, as well as there's other parents that are, they live in fear of coming forward with their cases. I have been trying to get people to come forward with their cases and expose this judge, along with other judges. There's other judges that are just as corrupt. And, and ultimately, the child pays a price. I know it's, that's what I want to, that's what, I don't know how to present that because the judge doesn't care about the child. And the thing that, you know, the videos you sent me with these living conditions, it's a no brainer in, in my opinion. I'm Also, you try to protect your daughter from being exposed to, you know, sheriffs coming to remove the mother from that apartment. And that's that's trauma to a child to see, you know, even, you know, their mother being taken out of a home along with, and, you know, and God knows what could have happened to her, the, the child, because what if CPS showed up on the scene and had taken that child away? That That's another issue that could have possibly happened. Yeah. And then now my daughter's in the CPS care and then, you know. It's, it's, it's a dangerous situation. And this judge doesn't know, just this judge just doesn't care and or realizes how dangerous um, position she puts people in. Okay. Now, is your daughter in some type of CPS care now? No. No. Okay. No, she's, she's with the mother. I have, how often uh, do you, oh, I'm sorry. I get my daughter. Every Thursday, 
and then every other Thursday through Sunday. And might I add, I've lived here in Louisville for um, a year and the state law says that you get shared parenting. That's just, that's it. I mean, that's, that's the bottom right there is shared parenting. And I don't have that. The judge would rather me go through all these hoops and pay this and this and, and hurdles before I even get to the point where the law states I get, I get shared parenting. So she expects you to pay 15000 by the end of November. End of December. Oh, end of December. That's, and that's when uh, and our hearing will be January 13th, Friday the 13th. Ugh. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, um, 13 is a lucky number, believe it or not. Yeah. For what that's worth with Judge Denise Brown, I don't know. But now see, like, I have always been told a judge cannot order any litigant to pay attorney fees. Hmm. I've heard this from other parents that, well, it's unconstitutional. And even my own attorneys, because I was saying, you know, <laughs> what I went through and I even proved how many motions he was filing to prove how often I was in that courtroom because of him. Um, the attorney said, forget it. You know, you'll never get attorney fees. No one does. That's what she That's what she said. No one gets attorney fees. So um, it, it's, it's totally unconstitutional to imprison you in debtor's prison, which was abolished in 1833. And I think Judge Denise Brown should go back to a history book. Yeah, because that's uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm paying her the mother's attorney fees. No one should. Have be, yeah, no one should be doing this. No. And this is legal abuse, which is also in the DSM five. It is listed as a disorder, legal abuse syndrome. Hmm. Um, I, it's just amazing how one individual, one personality disorder can run a courtroom along with the judge who is a sociopath. I'm talking in general. Yeah. Now, there are attorneys that are sociopaths as well. Not all of them. I know one good one. But I just, it's just appalling you're going through this. It's, it's been a nightmare of five and a half, six years of just torture. And just going into this courtroom is just not uh, just another torture chamber. You go in there and it's just, you know, a judges are not there to scold you on every little thing. You you shouldn't be, you know, I've been scolded from this attorney. I'm a grown man. I don't need you to scold me. You, you know, I, She's, you know, what she's went through instead of going through issues like, you know, my daughter's living conditions, the mother doesn't have a job, all this. She'd rather talk about why I didn't put Ellie on a 
my daughter's last name's mother's name as opposed to my last name. Hmm. Well, you know, I've heard of a case where she ordered that a father's name go on a child's birth certificate that he's not even the sperm donor. So she can like what rearrange people's lives and then she gets to go home to her life and play on Instagram. Do you know, I don't know any judge that looks and, and plays on social media like that. That's, that's childish and immature. It's, it's very, uh, well, it's narcissistic behavior. And it thrives in this court, man, it thrives in this court. I think, I think this judge should have a per, uh, psychological evaluation and a drug test. You know, I've, I've asked for a drug test uh, with the mother and yeah. thrown out. Yeah. See that. And also, I mean, like, as well as these judges, everyone should have these psychological valves. Before you enter a courtroom, you yourself always should have a psychological evaluation ready to hand to the judge. It would help the case go smoother. Mm-hmm. And um, whether the judge will accept that one, because I know of another case where there's a judge that's not happy with this mother's, what, third psychological evaluation that came out pristine. Hmm. So I think these judges should also be psychologically avowed and you know, drug tested. And, um, you know, it's just, she's out of control. She's out of control. She really, that, that, that courtroom is out of control, but what do you, what, I mean, there's nothing you can do. I don't, I mean, I'm not going to say there's nothing you can do because whether if there's a will, there's a way, but I've exhausted resources and, and time and energy fighting this this court system and it just seems like it's not going anywhere see technically in the real world if this was actually because this courtroom it's an illegitimate courtroom right it's it's a kangaroo court and there's that's actually a term kangaroo court if you look it up okay so my friend kenneth gottfried wrote three books one was on the apa and how they're destroying children they're on they can be found on instagram um, not Instagram, sorry, <laughs> Amazon. But uh, he's also written about child abuse of judges. He also has a website called www.childabuseofjudges.com. And everyone should go on there and just fill it out. And what he does is he takes all these names and he takes them directly to the FBI. It's an interesting website he has because the FBI really isn't listening not only to child abuse, we're talking physical or sexual, but psychological child abuse, which is also what your daughter is going through. And child psychological child abuse, back in 2014, the APA wrote that psychological child abuse is worse than physical and sexual child abuse combined. So technically, in the real world, you should and everyone will laugh at this, of course, technically tell the bailiff to place the judge under arrest for child psychological abuse. Technically, 
that should happen. Will a bailiff do it? Probably not. Then you'd go to the sheriff and say, hey, this judge needs to be arrested for emotional abuse, child psychological abuse. Will they do it? Probably not because they're in the pockets. Mm-hmm. And that that's what should be happening in the real world, but we're not. We're in an illegitimate kangaroo court that is abusing fit parents and and their children. Who knows what fate, when you walk out of a courtroom, your child will go, be in. Yep, yep, yep. And that's a that's a good point you brought out psychological abuse because so when when the when the courts or when Judge Denise Brown uh, claimed jurisdiction in Louisville, Kentucky, and, you know I'm still living in Dallas, Texas, you know because I mean that's my job and everything. I'm home. They they the the court ordered I uh, had one video call every day at 6 p.m. But that turned into um, my daughter getting psychologically abused because the mother would interrupt. She would she would start arguing with me. She would tell, you know, my daughter that I don't love her and just hang up, you know, the video call and just worse, the worst situation. It wasn't it it didn't help. You know, it wasn't. I mean, it sounds good, but, you know, the mother and the mother's right there hovering over, mm-hmm. holding the phone and telling my daughter what to say. And it was I felt like my daughter was in hot was being held hostage. I, I also saw like coaching cues. The child would look up at the mother yep. during and when she's holding the phone to the kid, the kid's face. She's looking up and looking down at you. She's afraid to speak. That's yep child psychological abuse that parent is also practicing whether people like the word or not parental alienation yep yep so she's working on alienating you from your own child um this is you know there's the term um parental alienation syndrome but i usually stick to parental alienation it's because it is what it is and until someone has gone through it then they will understand it you know to describe this to someone i'm you know, they don't understand or maybe they do maybe they some people catch catch it and understand it and some people don't but when you brought up which was a very, very good point. Kentucky is supposed to be 50-50. That's not being observed by the judge, the, along with the abuse, along with the living conditions. But to throw a wrench into things, 50-50 shared parenting is not cookie cutter from your case right now, from what you showed me. 50-50 is not a good idea in your case. No, no. I'm working with another dad going through the same thing. Um, I've had him on my podcast twice. His name is Jim Shock. Now, I don't know what people are thinking. 50-50 shared parenting will work if you're dealing with an emotionally healthy ex. 
Yes, I totally agree with that. Yes. But if, I mean, you can't co-parent when the other parent is not open to any agreement. You're absolutely right, because um, I have been there and done that. And, you know, you've got parents that will maybe let you visit with the child, but they're standing five feet away to listen in on all the conversations. Now that that is the proof is in that pudding of the alienator doing that controlling the coercive control, the Stockholm syndrome. And and that's, you know, also applying to fit parents that are going through these kangaroo courts. You know, you uh, you said kangaroo courts several times. I don't understand what what that is. Okay. Um, I'm going to pull up this term. Now, I don't know, did your, uh, I don't know if you ever talked to anyone about kangaroo court. It's in Wikipedia. Kangaroo court is a court that ignores recognized standards of law or justice carries little or no official standing in the territory with which it resides and is typically convened ad hoc. A kangaroo court may ignore due process and come to a predetermined conclusion. The term may also apply to a court held by a legitimate judicial authority which intentionally disregards the court's legal or ethical obligations. And underneath it, uh, it shows um, it shows this. Do you see that? <laughs> okay, so it also concludes a kangaroo court could also develop when the structure and operation of the forum result in an inferior brand of adjudication which is like judgment for people don't, that don't understand the word. A common example of this is when institutional disputants, which are repeat players, uh, have excessive and unfair structural advantages over disputants, which are the one-shot players, like the target parent that does not want to go into family court every five minutes. So it is, it is a term. It's actually there in Wikipedia. Well, that I'm in a kangaroo court. Worse, I think you know. Worse, worse. Uh, it appears from the people and parents that I'm talking to is that none of these judges are looking at anyone's evidence. That includes a case in North Carolina that I did a podcast on with Jackie Kent. Didn't look at her evidence and. It was her evidence was on the mark, extreme. It's a no-brainer, just like yours. And what what's 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 also bad is this mother, it feeds into her narcissistic behaviors even more. So now she's even more delusional because she sees all this going on, all this chaos, and she gets away with it. So it makes it even that much worse because she's just I mean, she she feels like she's invincible in the court. Yeah, inflates her. It makes her feel more powerful. 
And, you know, like, is her attorney state paid, paid by the state? No, her parents pay for her attorneys. Okay. I just have a, just a roundabout question. Like, how does she treat her parents? If she's, if she's hitting you and. She's been arrested for punching her mother in the face. Oh, there's this, there's this crazy. Oh, that's right. There's this crazy story where when my daughter was about three years old, the mother shows up, you know, intoxicated and she punches her own mother in the face. Her own mother calls the police. The police show up. Uh, My baby's mama picks up my daughter and takes off running from the police. The police tackle her my daughter falls on the ground this is this is in this is an ice cold snowy weather and then they proceed to arrest her and take her to jail for that show this to denise brown don't care to see it what happened to your daughter when after she was tackled and then and taken by the police car who well, so- got- so they all are in cahoots together. So they watch each other, even though the mother, you know, gets punched in the face by the other mother, you know, they, they don't want, you know, my daughter going anywhere other than in their little, uh, whatever you want to call it, their little <laughs> circle. So I guess my daughter stayed with um, my baby's mother's mother. And, you know, I think CPS came out, but they, they're, they, you know, they cover everything up really well. They're, they're used to covering the mother's tracks because, I mean, she's always, always in trouble for something. It makes you wonder if she has an inside friend in that CPS agency. Questionable, possibly. Yeah. You know, there's so much of this going on where they're, shielding each other at the cost of the child. I don't. So, so like to go ahead. go ahead, you go ahead. No. So what you were saying, you know, so their relationship, I don't, I, it's, it's hard to say, you know, I mean, they, that happens. And I know, you know, there's, 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 there's chaos in that home. I know it because just, you know, from what my daughter has uh, told me and, and just not by telling, just, just talking to her, you know, playing dolls and just, you know, talking to her, bring, pulling it out of her with, you know, nonchalantly. So there is chaos in that home. I know that, mm-hmm. but uh, there's nothing. I so when, when the mother was tackled and this child probably flew out of her arms and fell I hope not on a sidewalk or, you know, I mean, did she land comfortably? I, I don't know. It's, it was just in the police report. That's, you know, I read, I wasn't there, but I read the police reports and that's what it said. So, and that again, did the judge didn't want to, the judge did not care to see it. Didn't, wasn't interested in it. It's like, this is this is this is how I'm going to make my decision. I'm going to make my decision just because of how I feel today. Yeah, that's. Uh, so, 
you know, what advice would you give young men when meeting a woman that shows violence early on in the relationship? Run. <laughs> if I was like to tell, hell. you know, <laughs> my daughter is a miracle and she's just the most special person to me in, in, in this world. And I, I love my daughter more than anything. Um, mm -hmm. But so I can't say that I wish I never met, you know, the mother because I got my daughter, but. Well, this is what my oldest said to me when she was real super little and, you know, the divorce was final and, you know, um, I think I, we were talking and I had said, or it just flew out of my mouth. I wish I never met him. And then she said, but you wouldn't have a little child like me. And I said, well, I would have had you with someone else. Now, I did tell this to a counselor that this conversation took place. Her answer to me was, that's a very good answer. So I felt better about that because I thought, <laughs> you know, I don't want to up upset this kid anymore. But, you know, um, of course, you know, and she's how old she is? My daughter's seven. Seven. Okay, that's the age when mine had probably said that. You know, and, you know, and every parent, there's no perfect parent. And, you know, even when I said that to the oldest, I always questioned like, oh, but when when the counselors said, and this was a co-parent counselor, by the way, she said, oh, good answer. And, you know, I don't know, have you been forced into co-parent counseling? No. Okay, that's good. Um. Because some people have like attorneys pushing people into co-parent counseling. Hmm. Yeah, nothing. And some people, you know, when they meet a person, like like I, I was naive, even though I was 28, I was still naive. When When you see the red flags of a personality disorder, what was the first red flag as you look back? What did you see? You know, I like how you said that because this would have been, I was close to 40 when I met this mother. Uh, and I had never in my life met someone toxic like that. You know, and I say her, her family calls her toxic. Her, her sister says she's toxic. And I didn't, I didn't know. I never in my life met somebody. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how someone could in essence be like cancer in your life. And that's exactly what she is. She's, she's like cancer in someone's life. I, I never, never, I never knew that there was a, there people were like that never had to deal with narcissistic behavior ever you know i'm very happy that you remarried a normal individual she's beautiful your whole family's beautiful thank you and what's 
Go ahead. I asked my daughter, I was like, do you want a family? Do you want this to be your brother and this little girl to be your big sister and my wife to be your mother? And she's like, I do. I Yes, yes, I do. So I was like, okay, that's what I'll do then. And so I got married and I, cause I want my daughter to have a family, you know, to have, you know, a normal life as much as I as possible. That's why I, I got married. That's why we, we all, and, and that's, that's another thing we didn't bring, but uh, I didn't bring up is my whole family moved to Louisville. My wife, my two uh, kids, they were uprooted out of their schools in Dallas, Texas, and they're they're here in Louisville. They cried. They were sad, but you know we're all here in Louisville, and we're all happy now. Everybody, all the kids are happy, and they love it here. And you know, I, I I did all this so you know we could be a family together. You know, and I'm sure when everyone gets to be 18 and over, I'm sure all of you will move out of that corrupt state. <laughs> I don't know, because I've heard a horrific story from Birmingham, Alabama, yours, another person's story related to this judge. <clears throat> uh, you know, I did a podcast with Angel Law and Alex Baker called Judges Gone Wild, and that was like I think last week. And to disqualify a judge, they're saying that it's difficult to do. I mean, have you tried to recuse her? Not yet. Not yet. We've talked about it, but we have not done that. I, that would probably be another. I mean, but that has to, the judge has to actually say, okay, well, I'll, and you have to show evidence that, I mean, we, we do have evidence, but that's hard to do. Right, because then you have to go through the appeal process, and that that could take nine months. Yep. And I I'm so proud of you for standing up and sharing this information. I hope other parents will contact me, and share their stories of judges, of Judge Denise Brown. Because the judiciary has just gone wild. And uh, you and your family are paying the price. Yep. I've heard the latest is that um, nobody has run against Judge Denise Brown for her election in, um, this month. So I guess she'll be elected again and she'll have another how many years? Is it two or four, three? I don't know. Oh, in your state, that I don't know. I'm guessing four. I'm guessing. Yes, this is what happens. Ruining people's lives. And the, ta and, and the taxpayers financing this. Yeah, taxpayers are paying her bills. And are the you know, I try to edu educate taxpayers on the Title IV D incentives, Title IV B and E. Uh, Title IV B is foster care and 
E is CPS. If I have that right, I'm pretty sure I do. People have no idea where their tax dollars are going and their social security money is going. You know, and what and there's there are psychologists that are saying this child psychological abuse is deadly. And no, go ahead. I feel like, you know, I just, um, with Judge Denise Brown's decisions that she makes, I feel like there's just going to be more, she adds more chaos to the world that we already live in. I mean, you know, every, everybody in in this world and nation here is, is up in arms over the injustice of this broken system. And she just, she adds, she adds to that. She doesn't. So, I mean. I'm very sorry. Thank you. I I wish I could say or do more. My goal. Well, my husband and our, our goal was to hit the lottery with that billion dollars. Right. And help parents that are trying to struggle and pay attorney fees and, function with this system that is so uh, that needs to be abolished family court okay so it's family court awareness month you know um to make the public aware of family court awareness they need to make it family court corruption awareness every day month agree There was in Yonkers, New York, they've been holding rallies outside of that courthouse because Judge Marianne Scatterico neighbor has been beyond behaving badly. On top of that, she has a record of some sort. And um, this is uh, my friend who he's trying to see his son more. She's seriously dragging things along. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's it's good that there are rallies. And you can find them on Facebook on Marianne Scatterico Neighbor. It's N-A-B-E-R. But I was shocked to see that there was one. Uh, I did talk to a mother that was in that rally. And I think, you know, people have to get together and get signs and hold a peaceful rally with these judges names on it yep. and you know let everybody know i mean this is just unacceptable even though there's no one running against her i don't think there there's not many qualifications to be a judge Now, some states like California, you don't even need to be a lawyer to run for judge. In some states, yeah, you don't need to be a lawyer to run for judge as long as you get the votes. I don't know how Kentucky is, but maybe you should run for judge. (laughs) My wife said that. I'm like, hmm. Oh, man, I just. I'm so sorry. And and, you know, I. We'll do another podcast with you, too, to update your case when you're ready. Okay. 
you know, um, any words of advice for anyone that just begins in the family court chaos? Don't quit. Mm-hmm. Keep fighting. See, uh, that's and, one thing. I, go ahead. Right. One thing I've always said, and I always say it to myself, L. I'm coming. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that's just it. It's you know, it, you wouldn't have to be doing this if you weren't dealing with a personality disorder. Some people say, "Well, just you know, walk away. You don't have to be putting yourself through this." No, there's a child involved, and the other party's a personality disorder. And you wouldn't be doing this, and we wouldn't be having this conversation if she was working with you. You, we wouldn't be doing this today. I know it. It would be a lot easier on both people, but that's it's just not. There's not an option for that. Well, let me ask you another question. Um, as far as a personality disorder that you saw that you noticed first in her. I mean, cause you know, like when, when I was going through this, I didn't catch on for years. It took me years to catch on. I don't know how, I don't know how fast you caught on or what did you see first? Physical violence. I, 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 I've never had a, a, a woman punch me in the face with a closed fist. I, I you know, I, now that I look back, I Probably, you know, I was, she got punched in the face because she wouldn't leave my own home where she ended up squatting because <laughs> to make matters worse, I called the police and the police says, well, we can't evict her or take it out of your home because she's been here. So you got to go to the court and file an eviction of this person who's actually in your home. <laughs> what? I have to file an eviction of someone who's actually in my home? Get this person out of my home. But, you know, the courts, police, the it's just all such a broken system. How can people reach you if they have any questions, you know, like other parents involved with this judge, if they have any questions for you? Uh, email. You can email me. Do you want to tell me what your email is? It's Ernest, my first name, E-R-N-E-S-T dot enterprises at gmail.com I'll, I'll also put that in the podcast notes okay okay um don't jump off slam the gavels a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms i'm your host marianne petrie author of dismantling family court corruption why taking the kids was not enough and cry out for justice poems of truth please join us again with Ernest and other guests in the future thank you so much for your courage to come on and explain this to people thank you thank you for the time